Hello and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master teacher and a shamanic practitioner. The website has details on the services that we offer, including core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work, and intuitive readings and healings. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. Today's podcast is looking at the topic of endless healings. So, uh, my take on healing is thus. You want to get as aligned and uh, empowered as quickly as possible, so you can get on with the rest of your life. We have been sold a misnomer, a, a very westernized concept of healing. And by westernized, I say, what I mean is, it's a stealing of indigenous traditions, which has then been watered down through a very westernized filter, predominantly a very white middle class filter, to be honest, um, although it has played out in other ways, but it is predominantly the, the white man's filter. And I, I put that in inverted commas, as in it is a colonialist filter that has taken indigenous traditions, watered them down to be more palatable to the colonialist uh, temperament. And what that does is it creates a culture of endless healings, much along the lines of therapy and counselling. There's never really an end goal in sight when you go for therapy and counselling. I mean, you can create one with your counsellor, you can say, or your therapist, you can say, oh, I just want to look at this. But in the course of just looking at that, other stuff will come up and invariably the therapist will say, oh, we've done some really good work on, you know, looking at your fear of whatever, your fear of enclosed spaces. But, you know, we've also now uncovered that you have issues with blah, so it would be good to have a session on that. And before you know it, five years down the line, you're still in therapy and not much is really moving forward. And that program, that kind of template of healing has been superimposed upon indigenous traditions of healing. And by indigenous traditions, I mean indigenous shamanic traditions of healing. The shamanic form of healing is very quick. And by quick, I don't mean, you know, it takes five minutes. I mean, it's quick as in it's instant, it's direct, and it's meant to get to the heart of the matter urgently. Because indigenous communities believe in living in community and supporting each other and that your everyday life means that you have an everyday connection to God, spirit, universe, to the environment, to the planet, to the animals, that you you maintain good self-care, that you um, are part of a community that holds you, that you give back to the community. And because you do all of these things, you know, you're only ever slightly going to go out of alignment. And when you do, you're quickly brought back into alignment it's not a big drama. It's not a, it's not big business, right? But in order for shamanic healing, indigenous practices made into westernized healing, in order for it to become business, we have to make it endless. And how it becomes endless is with, you know, kind of endless sessions. So one of the things that I've seen in, and I have visited and worked with and trained with and been taught by a lot of shamanic healers and teachers in the UK and those visiting from other countries and other nations and tribes as well. And the startling difference that I have experienced is that indigenous healers have a very particular direct way of working and westernized healers, those that have taken indigenous practices and then made them into a modality of working, have a very different way. So the indigenous way goes like this. 
you know, and, and this is what I've experienced. So you go to see the shaman, and often there's even a language barrier, right? Because they've come from deep in the Amazonian rainforest or from, you know, high up uh, with, from, from, from the Sami tribe. So um, sometimes there's a language barrier. And you need to explain to them, this is what's going on with me. And because language is a barrier, the only thing they can really do is read your energy and pick up a few words. So they're really just going on where you are right there in front of them. The healing will take as long as it needs to take. You know, they're not bound by time. They're not going, oh, I'm only going to give you 90 minutes of my time and then the healing is done. The healing is going to take as long as it needs to take in order to do what needs to happen for you at this time. The healing often happens in community. So you'll have the head shaman and then you'll have the shaman's kind of assistants. You'll have those, his, his apprentices, his, her apprentices, the shamankal, the shaman's apprentices. And then you might also have community, so the healing is witnessed, and there's a huge power to that. So the assistants, the apprentices, are doing all of the other stuff, like clearing the space, clearing your energy field, reassuring you, uh, soothing you, um, singing, you know, raising the vibration. The community that sits around and watches the healing, and that's not watch in a voyeuristic way, they're watching it by feeding it with their intentions that this person please be healed, please be brought back into alignment. They're sending love, they're sending prayers into the circle, right? So the healing is already a completely different format to what you're probably going to experience with a very westernized form of healing, which will just be the individual in their home or in a treatment room. And the, the first you start with the intention, you know, this is what's going on with me, this is my sickness. And then the shaman might, they might do some kind of divination to get more clarity, but they're already in direct contact with the spirit. So they already know what's going on for you. They then track your body, they see what's going on, they can see through your bodies, they can see blockages, they can hear what the spirits are telling them, they can see entities, and they clear you. And the clearing will take as long as it needs to take. You'll never be pushed past a point that you can't take. You know, if you cry out in pain, if it's too much for you emotionally, they'll stop. It's always done with incredible love and incredible humor <laughs> and incredible reverence. So even though you might be crying out in pain or, you know, you're coughing and spluttering, they'll be, they'll be keeping it light. They'll be laughing. They'll be trying to distract you, you know, because nothing makes it worse than getting bogged down in the kind of seriousness of it. Once the clearing has happened... Um, then any power that needs to come back is brought back for you, any soul retrieval that's brought back uh, is brought back for you, and then the healing is closed. And afterwards, you are given something, you know, like a talisman or a bracelet or something to say, look, this is to tell you that you're in your power, or this is to signify that the healing is done. And you're told that great things are going to happen. Everything will be fine now. Great things are going to happen. That thing that you came to see me for is clear. The path is clear for you. You're given this real kind of positive momentum because the shaman also believe that, you know, they, they're only really doing half the work. The rest of the work is you. It's your belief system. If you go to the shaman and you say, oh, I've got this energy and I feel stuck and they tell you I've cleared this energy and then you believe that the energy is cleared, you're going to behave differently. Um, often some... Uh, some shaman will do uh, extraction work and they'll actually show you stuff. So they'll extract, like they'll pull stuff out of your body or they'll suck stuff out and they'll spit it out and they'll show you something like a stone or a, an insect or a beetle and they'll say, this has come out of your body. Now, logically, that makes no sense. And whether that's actually happened or not, no one can say. 
right? But the shaman are known as great tricksters. So whether they've pocketed a stone just to show you that this has come out of you, to convince you that this has come out of you, or whether you actually believe it is irrelevant. The point is you get to see something and you go, oh, that heavy stone has been pulled out of me. Okay, the energy is gone, right? Because we don't often believe it until we see it. So there's so many little things that happen in indigenous healings to reassure you. There'll be sacred songs sung, there'll be rattling, there'll be drumming, there'll be the use, it, the use of sacred essences of um, stones, of crystals, and so forth. And then you're sent on your way with a lot of love and a lot of positivity that your life will be different now. And really, the shaman's not really sitting there going, well, let me just get my diary out. I think you should come back in two weeks' time. Or, um, well, we did say a body of three sessions. So, you know, this is the first session, and then we'll do a second and a third. They're like, it's done. They send you on your way. I mean, if you want to come back, you can, and they'll welcome you with open arms. But they're not scheduling you in. Okay, so that's how the indigenous work works. This is from my experience having worked with quite a few indigenous healers. This is how it works in westernized ideas of what shamanic healing and healing is. Well, let's have a phone conversation. So you have the phone chat first. What's going on in your life? La 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 la. I mean, I do this. I do initial consultations. Um, but then I don't offer shamanic healing on its own. I offer it combined with other stuff. So you have the phone conversation. After the phone conversation, you set up your appointment, you go for the appointment. Now, invariably, what happens is the shaman, this is the westernized shaman, goes, yes, so initially I need to do this first session where I track some stuff, and then I do this, and then I do that, and then the second session will do this, and then the third session will do this, and then you might want to come up, come back for some follow-up sessions, and then maybe I could teach you this technique, and then, and then before you know it, you've been seeing this person for six months. And you haven't really got to the root cause of anything. You've just done a little bit here and a little bit there. And that's because the westernized traditions of healing don't believe in being fast and direct. They believe in doing things very slowly, very gently, um, bit by bit, layer by layer. It's that cliche, healing is an onion. You know, healing is not peeling the layers of an onion. Healing is erratic and crazy. You know, you clear and heal one thing and something else pops up. It's not so formulaic because you're peeling the skin of an onion and eventually it will stop because in many ways it doesn't stop. But what you want to do is get to a point in your life where life starts to flow smoothly for you and you're not out of alignment. So westernized medicine, uh, westernized medicine as an energy medicine, puts you in a treatment room and it's just you and the healer. So they don't have community holding you. They don't have apprentices. It's just them on their own. And one of the reasons why they can't do the work so powerfully in so, and, and so immediately and so intensely is because it's a lot to hold that space by yourself. So that's one of the reasons why they'll take their diary out and say, so we only did one layer today, but if you come back next week, we'll do the next layer because they can't do it in one go. When I was doing shamanic healings, I was taught old school. So I was taught by old school teachers that um, believed in being direct, you know, and believed in not having endless healings for their clients. And I learned by healing in community. And then in order to do the work, I went into treatment rooms. And I tried for a while to have, you know, people assist me in and apprentices and so on. And it actually just didn't work out 
because London is so hectic and people's lives are so busy that people couldn't make that ongoing commitment, you know. I mean, shamanism is a way of life. It's not something that you do at the weekend. So um, I ended up doing the healings by myself. And initially the healings would last three hours long, sometimes more. But we would get to the root cause of what we needed to get to in those three hours. And then as I grew stronger and my power grew, the healings lasted less time. They were like two hours, 90 minutes, and we were being very direct in all those sessions. But one of the reasons why I stopped is because it was so depleting. Um, and it was depleting because my belief was that let's just get to the root cause and do it now and get this person back on track. But doing it by yourself, it's just not possible to sustain that over a period of decades. So I was a shamanic healer for five years and then I retired because I just found that it was too demanding, that the people that were coming to see me didn't have a spiritual life outside of the shamanic healing. And so you're really just tending, it's like A&E, you're just patching people up and then they go out and harm themselves again. That everything in, in countries that don't have a strong sense of community or that, you know, countries and communities that are not living their life according to the ways of indigenous communities, everything about that means that healing becomes a very long and protracted process. And so out of the frustration of that, but also the realization of that, I created the core wound healing work and the life purpose work, which combines shamanic healing and shamanic practices with energy healing, but very much puts the onus on the client to start to create support systems in their life and to really kind of get empowered with shamanic ritual. Because I found that shamanic ritual was proving to be more healing than the actual shamanic healing with a lot of clients. Because it meant that they then went away and started to connect to the elements and to God's spirit universe and their higher self and so on. And so that's how my way of working evolved. But one of the main reasons I stopped was because I realized if I wanted to achieve what I believe healing is, which it should be direct, it should be to the point, and it shouldn't be endless healing sessions. In order to achieve that, I simply couldn't maintain that level of um, power for so long like at some point you just have to stop and so I look at a lot of these shamanic healers that are out there these days you can do a google search and they've been doing it for 10 20 30 years and then when I speak to them and I realize how they work I realize that the reason they've been doing it for so long is they're not actually doing what shamanic healing is I went to a shamanic healer once she'd been at it for like 20 30 years and I thought oh I'm getting the real deal here you know she's done all this stuff she's been to Peru She's been at it for decades. She'll know what she's doing. She'll get to the root cause right away. So I think a session was something like an hour, maybe 90 minutes. I mean, there's not much you can do in an hour, to be honest, or 90 minutes. Most of that is taken up with diagnosis. I went in there, we had a chat, and she had like her altars up and all of this kind of stuff. And then I lay on the table and I thought, okay, this is where the magic happens. There's going to be some drumming and some singing and she's going to clear me. She didn't do that. She, I lay on the table and... Um, she got me to do stuff like, so take a breath in and now you're going to release on the out breath. And basically it was like she did 50% of the work and I did 50% of the work. And I understood why she was doing that. It was because she couldn't do the work that I needed her to do by herself. She was a woman in her 60s or 70s. I mean, I think she was in her 60s. Um, she'd been doing this for a very long period of time and she developed a different way of working that meant she didn't expend all her energy and that, you know, clients would keep coming back because it was a business for her. Shamanism is not a business for indigenous peoples because they live 
in harmony with the land, because they get everything that they need from their community and their land, they're not looking to charge their community extortionate amounts of money for a healing. I mean, it's a whole different game when tourism gets involved in it, and of course people do get ripped off. But ultimately, they're not sitting there in a community with a treatment room going, well, if I charge people £250 or £300 um, and tell them that they need four sessions with me, I can make some money to pay my rent. Like, that's not how they're living. So that's why the whole concept of taking shamanism and shamanic healing out of its home and bringing it into a clinic in Harley Street or, you know, a room somewhere just doesn't work in terms of the integrity of the work. Because the work needs to take as long as it needs to take. The work needs community. The work needs holding. And the work needs to be immediate and direct. So one of the things that I really discovered was that when healers were saying to me, shamanic healers and in inverted commas were saying to me, and I was a client going to see them, oh, we'll need to do four or five sessions. A, it was because they didn't have the power to clear me, heal me, realign me in that one session. B, it was because they saw me as a cash cow and they wanted to make some money out of me. And C, it was because they were diluting the practices for whatever reason. Um, I have to tell you, every single healing that I ever had from an indigenous shaman worked. It realigned me. It did some amazing stuff. It was super powerful. Every single healing that I've ever had from a shamanic practitioner has been bullshit. That's a huge statement to make, but I'm just going to say it. It's been bullshit. The only times that that hasn't happened is when uh, it's been medicine ceremonies. And that's because the power of the medicine gives these individuals the power that they actually need to do the shamanic healing work. But the shamanic healing that I've got from practitioners has been bullshit. It's been, it, it, I don't even know what it's been. It's been like this mishmash of practices of, you know, someone's kind of playing a sound bowl and someone's sprinkling some stuff on you and someone's doing some Buddhist chants. It's been bullshit. It has not worked. But when I've gone to see indigenous shaman, and we can't even communicate, I can't even speak their language, sadly. They can't speak my language. They're just going off my energy field. I have instantly felt better and miracles have, ha miracles have happened in my life. That block, that thing that was hanging over me is being cleared. I've been realigned. Boom, I'm on my way. In two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks time, in six months time, I'm not going back to them for another healing. I'm on my way because that is the point of shamanic healing. It's meant to be direct. It's meant to be immediate. And you're not meant to keep going back for endless sessions. So I put that out there, that if you meet a shamanic practitioner and they're dilly-dallying, they're tiptoeing around the subject, they're getting you to do stuff, and you're like into your fifth session with them and you're wondering, why is nothing in my life changing? And they're telling you healing is like an onion and we've got to do all these layers and blah, blah, blah. And you're doing all your homework and even then it doesn't feel like anything's changing. It's probably because they're just not giving you the real deal. I'm not saying that they're corrupt. I'm not saying they're trying to make money out of anyone. I'm just saying they're not giving you the real deal, the way it is meant to happen. Therefore, you're better placed to either go to an indigenous person, an indigenous shaman, someone who is the real deal, or if you can't find them, because it's going to be difficult to find them in you know, the West, wandering around Oxford Street, then find another way of getting that healing, you know, whether it's with an energy healer or, or something other. But do not 
go to healers that basically are from the start telling you, oh, we're going to have to have quite a few sessions to get to the bottom of this. You want to know how many sessions and how soon are you going to get to the bottom of this. So one of the reasons I created the core wound work and the life purpose work was because I didn't want my clients to have endless sessions. I wanted them to be empowered. I wanted us to have an end goal in sight and I wanted them to get on with their lives. I didn't want to be sitting around getting my diary out going, oh, I've seen this person for 10 years. I didn't want that. Although I was advised to do that by all of my teachers. So the core wound work, for example, is four sessions. We address the core wound and we move on. Is healing an onion? Will there be other core wounds that come up? Yes, they will. But at the end of our time together, the client will have all the tools that they need that I can offer them at this time to assist them with their core wounds to come into their power. They then may choose to work with other healing modalities if they wanted to because they felt it might help them. But coming back to me is not even an option. I always keep the door open and I say, if you want to do deeper work, come back, of course. But I'm not, that's not what I'm looking to gain. The life purpose work is, um, is longer and it, it's, uh, it's more sessions. So it's six sessions. Um, so it's spread out over three months and it's, it's really in-depth work. And it's to get people aligned with their life purpose. Sometimes people come back and what happens is I create a bespoke um, service for them. And maybe we meet for three sessions or four sessions, but we always know how many sessions and what our end goal is. And we, we always achieve our end goal. It's not like we don't. So my advice would be, you know, think really carefully when, you, when you're researching your healers and you're trying to get this healing. And I know everyone thinks shamanic healing is the cure-all, but really pick and choose your shamanic healers. You don't want to be having endless sessions. You want someone who's in their power. And is going to clear you and heal you and realign you as quickly as possible. So you can get on with your life. Because we're not here to be endlessly in healing. And I think we've been sold that idea that we have to constantly be, you know, doing this course and that thing and this healing, that workshop. And that's just marketing, you know, marketing gone mad. Um, all of those things we're meant to do ourselves, <laughs> because we have the answers within ourselves and no one else can give those those answers give us those answers they can only redirect us so please choose wisely and please don't endlessly give your money to healers it won't work it just won't work um it's my massive red flag you know if i approach a healer and i say oh i'd like to do some work on this with you and then they go to me, yeah, I think we need to have one session so I can get some more idea about where you're at. And then we're looking at another four or five sessions where we can gently do this. And I'm like, mate, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to sit around and gently kind of, you know, stroke my ego as I do another healing. I need to get to the root cause of it. Um, there's lots of healers that will work in that way. And ultimately their healing is bullshit because it, it doesn't get to the root cause. And you want a healer who's going to get to the root cause and heal you and realign you as quickly as possible so you can get on with your life. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Check it out, see if there's anything there that resonates with you. If it does, drop us an email and we would be honoured to assist you. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.